Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Well, it's Tuesday, Tuesday night, and um, the Braves uh, almost came back against the Phillies just now. And there was a part of me watching the end of that first game of their, of their <clears throat> division series that the Mets are not playing in, um, where it was 7-3 to three and Zach Eflin's on the mound. I'm thinking, you know, the Phillies could, you know, and why why does my Schadenfreude, right, have to be there thinking, uh, because actually for both teams, I, I don't know who I'm rooting for in that series, because I'm our only... team is done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I'm rooting for the Phillies just because it at least proves me right about my take about the the Phillies at oh, the beginning okay. of the years. So that's the only reason why I have a leg in this race of pain for us otherwise. Um yeah, that was not a fun game on Sunday night. Right. So and- we we have not talked, and I I just realized this since the game on Sunday. We didn't we didn't talk after the game. What well, so. yeah, we, we haven't we haven't discussed the game itself or right. anything about what I think happened. it was like a couple of texts back and forth going bummer. I, I think I think we had, yeah it was yeah it was like a lot of thank God for the Jets <laughs> yeah right right so so I don't know if this will be therapy for Met fans it, it, it for maybe us. it'll be therapy for you and me right a little bit because um, I I wasn't even even able to listen to anything yesterday like like you know I just stayed away from just, it I just, I just did because I just and and reading the stuff and the stuff that it, people was just, write ugh. it was just nothing going to be apoplectic hot takes about how this was like somehow a failed season yeah yeah it's it, it, it's a disappointing ending as any season in which you don't win the world series i guess in that respect is a disappointment but the hopes were high right when you got into the, the the playoffs you had jake and max and all we wanted was that chance and we got that chance and it didn't work out and, and i it, think and i think there out. is a bit of an additional pain and we'll probably get into this later in that I think if the Mets are truly going to be good and truly going to win a World Series, the window is kind of closed for a couple of years, in, in a sense, if they want to do it right. And we'll get into that. But I mean, th- there was definitely a I, I think the Mets are definitely a team that peaked too early because I think that Mets team that went on that run in late August when they beat or they had that really good stretch against good teams. Right. The beat Dodgers were out of five. Like- that Mets team could have won a world series and At then that time, got, unfortunately the playoffs I, weren't going on unfortunately it <laughs> didn't start for another month and then that Mets team got a little dinged up they cooled off some guys that were hot got very not hot and ultimately the warts on this team that were that that every team has unfortunately showed here in this series against the Padres Right to me, to me too, and and so I I I started looking at it as that the Met playoffs started on September thirtieth in the series against the Braves. That's really when it started, right? Because you know, look, you say what you want, and you know, getting that the was a playoff series. You had to win that series. You had to win one game in that series, right? Uh, okay, one game to not have what happened happen, which is then you would have got the bye, and you would maybe your pitchers arrest a little bit more, and and you're in, in just better shape. Um, you know, then you would have been trying to win the series, but you you couldn't you couldn't get that done. And if Marte it, didn't get hurt on September sixth, you could argue, as any team will argue, oh, if this guy and that guy, you know, maybe the Mets outcome is different. But the guys that stepped up for him didn't step up quite enough. I mean, that's and when teams win, right? The guys they bring in when things happen to their guys, you know, injuries. Yeah, I- and certainly that will be one of the big narratives this offseason. Did Billy Epler do enough at the offseason to bring guys in? Because obviously, I, I think you would rate 
the total of Vogelbach and Ruff as at best below average. <laughs> and even, you know, like Vogelbach was okay to good. I, I wouldn't describe him as a strong good. Got but off I to a good start. And, start. and, and, and then and he fizzled cooled off. Right, yeah, right. and then Ruff was just rough never good it was he was rough but yeah, but hold on a rough. second because this is one of my questions and you know so what were the mets supposed to trade for what was epler supposed to trade for it, at the deadline here's here's what I, I came up with three names and i think we talked about them jd martinez did you see what jd martinez did at the end of the season it was not good now trey mancini hit like 180 yeah um, there and brandon jury you know i mean didn't do very much That's there was that was available Right, right now, obviously, you can argue that any one of those guys may have had a better performance in New York. But at the They're same time, worse. you could argue that any of them <laughs> could have a worse, you know, any of them could be even worse in New York with all the added pressure. So I think there's definitely a strong element in that there really wasn't a lot of guys in particular. Like last year, there were a lot more players that were of decent value that were available. I, those guys just weren't there and available this year. And I barring think the Juan the, Soto thing that didn't happen that right. Barring and about. barring selling off a lot of the young guys. Now I, I think there would be an argument that probably would have been a good idea to given the kind of potential log jam you have in the future, but that could always happen at a later date that could happen this off season. So yeah, I'm yeah. not ready. It doesn't have to be for, and, and you know what? I'd rather use a player to get a guy in an off season deal, which will probably last a lot longer than a mid season rental on somebody. I think you made a really good point just about the window was closing because you kind of went for it this year because you had Max and Jake and you don't even know if you're going to, the ground's going to be a Met next year necessarily. And you thought if we can get to the playoffs with these guys, that the team played really well all year long. The Mets are the first, here we go, ready? So last year they were in, in the first time to win, be in first place for 100 days, not make the playoffs. Okay, so they, yeah. they did that last year in Steve Cohen's first year of running the Mets. So this year, New York Mets were the first 100-win team to fail to reach the division series since the division series was implemented in 1995. Uh, yeah, that's just, I, I think it's just if very you're nuts. the Mets, the worst thing that you had to happen this year is you played in the NL East and yeah. you had the Braves to deal with because you would have won I right. think everything else pretty much. And as you we're finding, right, right, right. And, and, and as we're finding out, Right, because I, I, you know, watching Verlander today, right, he's pitching. He, he's getting hammered for home runs by Seattle. Guy went eighteen and four, and then I had a fabulous yeah, pitchers. So you right, you yeah. you bank on the pitchers play, pitching great in the playoffs in order to help you win. But so far, you know, there's only been really a couple of really great, you know, pitching performances. Castillo, I think, had mm-hmm. a, had a, had a real good one. But you're not seeing so far in the playoffs, and so you count on like, well, if we're going to win the World Series, we need to have some stud pitchers at the top. Right, of even rotation. Max Fried went out today and got right, knocked around. Right, right, and the Mets had the stud pitchers. They were relatively healthy. You know, I'm not going to be sure. Is more? Right. You know, you you would say you would have liked that, you know, maybe if you have Jake around for the first half of this year, you pick up another couple wins. But I mean, the wild thing is, like, I didn't realize this. That's had a better winning percentage in the second half than they did in the first half. Right. If you you go straight uh, dividing at 81 games. Right. But it's still weird to think about it that way. They they were 70 and 39 at one point. And so when you think about that was sort of the high watermark, you know, in terms of winning percentage for the season. Um, But 
but look, by by any stretch, it was a fun season to watch. It was a fun season to be a Met fan. I mean, here, talk about a season that you didn't win anything, but I think they were 93-0 and in games. They were leading after eight innings, so they didn't blow it one time like that. So there were other years, Met fans, right? You can I can give you some of the names, oh, right? Oh, God, you know, the pain <laughs> of just watching them blow terrible, awful You know, guys league. like Benitez and, and, and you know, blowing games at the end and jury's familiar right both right. both go rounds so the, the point is, is that that didn't happen at all but that gets all forgotten right when you don't really end up where you hoped you right. would that you, you did have a lot of good performances from your young hitters this year and you have a you feel like your infield is relatively set not only this year but going forward because you have young guys that are basically slamming on the door waiting to get into the lineup and hit every day I, I think the performance over the course of the of the year, um, you know, it, it, in May they averaged five point two runs a game, pretty good. Uh, their bad bit was three fifteen. From June through the All Star break, they were two seventy. Remember that little rough patch? Only scored yeah. four runs. You know, uh, two excuse me, two set bad bit was two seventy. The runs per game was four, a whole run less, uh, and they batted two thirty two with runners in scoring position. I, I remember that part of the season. And then from the All Star break to mid August. 5.6 runs a game, bad at 347. All of a sudden, the hits started falling and finishing out with four, five, six um, runs per game. So about a little over average and 296 back. The point is, is they were relatively consistent for with some low and they were over the league average, basically, you know, the entire season. For BAPEP or runs per game? For both. For both. Yeah, I think certainly that was the way the team was constructed. You know, this was a, a put the ball in play, a lot of guys with decent speed, figure out ways to get on base. Mm-hmm. And you saw that that worked a lot of the season. It didn't work against the Padres. No, no, they it, not only did it not work, you know, you, you look at home runs, right? And say, OK, the Mets could use some power and we're going to get into where yeah. do they go now. Right. But they hit 171 homers this season that ranked 15th in the majors. So. Lindor and Alonso, Pete Alonso, had 38.6 of the Met home run production. I didn't realize it was that bad because I never really allowed myself. Escobar, we know, had 20. He was the only right. other guy that hit 20, and almost all those, or half of those, was in September. So before the rest of the season, it was Alonso and Lindor, or it was like nobody. Certainly, um, that was something that we were a little afraid of going into this season, and right. we saw the issue with it pop up. That was one of the warts this team kind of had. Right, right. So, you know, you, you, you definitely, if you're a Mets fan, and, and you need to have teams that can hit home runs. And everybody in the lineup now, you know, almost in Major League Baseball, is capable of hitting a home run. It's not like it used to be, where there are some guys that didn't hit home runs for entire seasons that would actually play. Yeah, like, or, <laughs> it, it's not that, it, and when we're talking about having power, it's that, yeah, he might hit 10 home runs in a season, right? But a guy hitting 10 home runs in a season is probably not going to hit you too many home runs in a series. Like, we could count on Pete and Fra- Francisco Lenore probably hitting a home run during that Padre series. They pit him in the same game, actually, and that's the game they won. Was there really anybody else in that series you'd be confident that you could say would hit a home run? Maybe Escobar? You were hoping because he was hot, right. Right, but like everybody else, you'd be like, oh, man, that'd be great if they did. And, you know, on the other hand, for the Padres, Grisham, you know, who had 18 home runs during the regular season, 
is a legitimate power threat. You know, didn't have a particularly good season with the bat and the 18 home runs probably was his best offensive stat. But with that capability of doing that, he he could be a 25 home run guy who hit 18 this year because he had a bad year. That, that He has more potential to do that than some of the guys that play for the Mets like Canna and McNeil and Nimmo and all these are, these guys are not, you know, and how about a home run from the Met Casher for God's sake, you know? Yeah. Uh, and certainly, you know, if you look at it, the bullpen did its job in the in the game that they yep. won. The other yep. two games, the bullpen really couldn't be much of a factor because the Mets got down early. And what do you the bullpen could hold the lead? But if you don't score, you're not going to win. I think I, I think it's hard for me to really lay like, other than I'm disappointed and probably no one's more disappointed and angry than Max at Max's start on Friday that it was really tough to be in that game because it got they got down so quick. Right, right. Clayton Kershaw used to have that problem at one point early on in the playoffs when he was, you know, and back in 14 when he won the Cy Young and the MVP, he bombed in the playoffs and gave up, I think, two or three home runs in the first game. And, and you know, it was, it was a terrible, you know, I was like, oh, everybody forgets about that kind of stuff. This stuff from Max will be forgotten. Um, I think, you know, Bassett's lousy start con- combined with, hey, we and we didn't tell you Joe Musgrove. Okay, so he throws the game of his life too. All of that. Right, compounds the situation. The guy just was was money in, in that particular game. He'll never pitch a better game in his whole career in a bigger spot. Oh yeah, he was he was unless he does it later this postseason. Yeah, well, it'll be hard to do a one hitter, you know, uh, basically. Although right. in the in the old days it would have been a complete game, uh, you know, us old timers would say, but don't go that way no more. Exactly. So I I think I think that overall it was a really fun season to follow the Mets. I can understand why it was so painful at parts for Met fans this season, just because you had. You you had the sting of last year still so fresh with the way that team failed, and I think this team did not fail in that way. I think it would have been a lot Agreed. more palatable to most Fet Met fans if they were going to go out to go out to like the Dodgers in this round, right? Like, right. If Even you had lost the Dodgers, lost to the Braves in this, right? If, if we lost the Dodgers four two, yep, or we lost the Braves four two four three in the NLCS, or even the Astros in the World Series, it would have sucked. But you know, you you would have been a lot less painful than losing to the Dodgers here. And I really did think they were going to win this the whole year up until they lost that series in Atlanta. That was when I was like, oh, no, they're not going to. But I was already too far gone. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to keep with the the, the prediction and my feeling that I had the whole year that that series was like it was such a signal of like, oh, no, because because in a year where they win the World Series, that series goes differently. And 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 look, the strength of the team then, because they weren't a home run hitting team and they were a, a good situational hitting team, you know, really fun to watch that kind of stuff that happened all season, is at the end of the year when our playoffs started against the Braves on September 30th, Jake blew it, Max blew it. They blew the third game. They come back. Max blows it. Jake does pitches a nice game, and Bassett blows it. So these pitchers that were the foundation of your, your starting pitchers' team success – just didn't pitch well and and you lose. You're not you don't have enough margin as the right. Mets to get past that. Exactly. And I think that is one of the things that was just, you know, it, it, and ultimately, if your starting pitchers are going to have rough starts in big games as the Mets, you're going to really struggle to win because your team's just not constructed to handle something else besides that. So so now um you know we look, we look forward and and we think so what do we have and, and I and I bet you we're going to say the same thing based upon what you said before because when I started looking at this and I and I put it into in, into a, a chart here um the Mets are old right and it's like 
the right decision might be really painful because yeah. it involves both letting loved players go and having the team actively get worse in the short term. So, so let's just quickly go, let's go down because let's talk yeah. about our team. Right. And so of the um, pitchers, right. We've got Jake, who's got an option with an opt out. Who's uh, going to take that option. Going to opt out 34. And I, 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 um, he's 34 years old. Well, he'll be 34 on opening day. Um, Max is 38. We got two more years of Max. Okay. Carrasco's 36. The Mets have an option option with a buyout. Uh, don't know how you feel about that. Peterson's 27 under contract. Actually, I'm surprised he's even 27. Uh, Ty Walker's got a player's got an option with an opt-out. He's probably gonna opt out. He's 30. Bassett's 34. Mutual option. He's probably gonna opt out. McGill's 27 under contract. May is 33. He's a free agent. Lugo is a free agent at 33. Adovino's 37. He's a free agent. You get you get what I'm going with. These are this is I think, young guys. I, I yeah, I think with my bullpen, I'm a lot more okay You're with right. it because your bullpen pieces tend to be pretty transitory anyway. And you'll you it's not uncommon to go into a, a season with like an almost entirely new set of guys in your bullpen. I think with your starters, I think Carrasco, Ty Walker. And um, Bassett, Bassett will all be gone next season. Okay, so none of those guys come back, um, and and so you think McGill's gonna be in the starting rotation, mm-hmm. and, I think and Mc- Peterson's gonna be in the starting, and rotation. they'll go sign a pitcher, and Max is gonna be in the starting rotation. So you've got three pitchers that you they'll go sign a free agent starting pitcher. You know, somebody that'll cost a little bit less than those guys, but will be younger. And what are you going to run Joey Lucchese out there and coming back? No, you're, that's what, then you're going to get to the conversation of, do you resign Jacob DeGrom? Okay. So right away, it seems to me with what you're saying is next year's is going to be <laughs> dramatically worse just because the pitching is dramatically worse. Well, I think one, you got a season of a light, like like a, a season. It's kind of hard to expect Carlos Carrasco to turn in as good a season next year as he turned in this year. I think Ty Walker, two seasons in a row, fantastic in the first half, gone in the second half. He was okay in September, but yes, not as good a second half for sure. And Bassett. Also I, kind of faltered late in the season, except for the couple of starts in Oakland and in Washington. But Right. Yeah, I, I love teams. Bassett, the guy. I love him as a player, but I think I can get somebody that can do what Chris Bassett does. You know, I, I can find somebody to do that. For less money? For less money. So, so um, a, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, one of the things that, that that I don't think I don't get the feeling Bassett necessarily wants to be here for some reason. I'm not sure. Uh, and some of the stuff I've read that he said just makes me, you know, think that he he didn't think it was going to be good in New York. He liked his time here; it was much better than he expected. But it seems to me like okay, that the first opportunity for me to get out of here, I'd like to. I'm and a- yet, and yet that team was really tight. And Bassett talked about that. They that, that and and this that was one thing about this Met team that I really noticed. You know, they were really for each other in a way uh, that you know was really cool. And Pete Alonso said that's the thing. One of the things that bothers him the most is that this group, right, of these 
players, these 30 to 40 players that played regularly for the Mets this season, um, they were tight and they had a good vibe and they had a good thing going. And, and like all teams, you know, you you, you want to win. Um, it's not always easy, as we've seen as Mets fans, to create that good vibe. Even look at the 2021 season. It wasn't quite the same feeling. Right, right. I, I think what you have to I, I think the problem for, for Met fans is that it's like, like I realistically, my personal take on this situation is you need to get worse so you can get younger. Well, and 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 you're right because I, I, this is what scared me when I started looking at the everyday players. Guillaume is 28, and he's arbitration eligible, so probably they keep Guillaume. Nimmo's 30, probably could be gone. He's, he's a Scott Boris client, and he's likely to go. McNeil's a free agent; they got to sign him. 31. Alonso's 28 gets arbitration. Lindor, Escobar, and Canna and Marte are all under contract, but Lindor's 29. Escobar, Canna, and Marte are all 34. Uh, at opening day next year. Um, Nito, maybe you keep Nito. And now, so what are you going to do? You got McCann. You got two more years of McCann at 32. Um, you you should only have in- one more year of McCann. Nope. Nope. I it was a four-year deal? Yeah. I thought it was three. It was four through 2024. Oof. So uh, Vogelback is arbitration eligible. Just mentioning guys, Darren Ruff, um, if, uh, under contract, not only for this season, for for the next season too. At age thirty six, and and by the way, did you know that he spells his name D A R I N R U F? So he left out like consonants in both of his first and last names. What's going on with that? Um, and Terrence Gore, who might be more valuable with. The thing, changes going into Major League Baseball next year, such that he could get a roster spot more regularly, because you might need a guy who can just run like the Dickens at age thirty-one is arbitration eligible, and that should be interesting to see. Yeah, but I think a lot of the guys that you're mentioning, especially towards the back end, there aren't going to really cost the Mets a particular large. Like Terrence score isn't going to move no, the needle on your payroll in no, any of kind of not. appreciable of way. No. So I, I think realistically, if you're the Mets, the, the, the things you have to think about going into next season are, are you know, what are you going to do about Brandon Nemo? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about Jeff McNeil? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about Jacob DeGraw? Um, those are the top three free agent decisions. As Edwin Diaz, your fourth? Edwin Diaz would be my fourth. Now, I will say this. I love Edwin. I thought the season was magical for him. And the it, Timmy Trumpets Narcos thing, Narcos thing was really, really fun. It's really hard to believe he'll be this good again, though. I, I just, Met fans, we were 93-0 leading after eight innings this year. In the in the rest of the time I'm alive to be a Met fan, that may never happen again that they didn't blow it. Because there are teams that, blow it multiple times at that point. The Phillies. So it, was, it was so remarkable that that happened. So let, let me let me do one more thing with you here because then then you get into well what about the cavalry if you will, right? The 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 young kids in the minor Well, leagues. that's that's what I'm going to go into. I, I think if you're the Mets what you have to do it, the problem for the Mets is going to be their pitching. I don't really think there's anybody in their organization prospect-wise that you're really excited about as a pitcher. Maybe there's some guys in like really low single there, A or there are four guys that are pitchers. Buto, who pitched for the Mets one game this year, but still they they like him. They think he's good. He's 25. Blade Tidwell at 
21. Uh, Matt Allen, who had Tommy John surgery at 20, 22. You know, he was a top draft pick. And Eric Orsi uh, pitched AAA at age 25 at the opening day this year. So, or just about opening day. So these are not big time names that, you know, we've heard, right? right. These are the not point. big time prospects. Right. We don't, the Mets don't have big time pitching prospects. Not on the pitching right pro- side. On the hitting side, they do. But the problem with that is, so there's not really people coming up. So you look at this Mets team and you think, okay, well, your infield next year probably is all set because it's hard for me regardless. Jeff McNeil, you're going to be able to re-sign. He's not going to cost too much where signing him will price you out of having either either Nimmo or um, He's not getting Aaron Judge money. (laughs) Right. You're going to be able to sign McNeil and then sign probably uh, some of the other guys in free agents. It's not going to kill you. So I think McNeil will be back. So your infield is relatively set next year. You're going to have Escobar, Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo. And then I think you're going to have Alvarez probably come up. That's big, right? That's big because we're talking about power and, and <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to give up a little bit on, on the defensive side, certainly. Uh, but, you know, for a team that needs to score runs, but we already know we're probably not going to pitch as well. <laughs> <laughs> to boot. So, right. keep going. So, I, so I think that's your infield. Then you're going to have Canna and Marte in the outfield because they're under contract. They're going to come back next season. So bring in. So the question then becomes to, I, I think ultimately comes down to if you're not re-signing Edwin Diaz, which I don't think they will, because hmm. I think the bets will just go revamp a bullpen and sort of just spend the money they were spending. I don't know on if I agree with you there actually, but go on. it depends on how much the problem is Diaz might be the first hundred million dollar closer. Somebody might give him a stupid contract. Yeah. And if yeah, somebody walks, if somebody walks in and offers Edwin Diaz four years for at twenty five million per for a hundred million dollars, sounds like the Angels owner, but yeah, I don't know. Right, that, that could happen, right? And if that happens, are the Mets going to sell the team? Com- right, the Mets aren't going to commit that kind of money. Uh, well, they they could see that's that's why the great thing about having Steve Cohen is you know how far will he go and in the situation I am, I'm I am operating under the that that there is a there is a limit that there he's not going to just spend money to a stupid degree for the sake of spending money so I, I think the idea that he's just going to sign all of these because one this team didn't win the World Series this year so it doesn't really make sense to sign everybody back right. and run it back again next year there, like, exactly exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Like, like, okay. To think that you could tinker with this and make it Dodger good or brave good. All you're you're doing, if you're running it back is basically going, I hope we catch fire and Max and Jake are healthy at the end of the year. Right. But wouldn't you say the expectation that Max and Jake would start 60 games between them now at this stage of their careers is is, is almost gone, almost gone. So you, you you need to construct your pitching staff if you're the Mets and that differently because they don't have these young pitchers. No. Um, well, that- I think they will because they're going to just not spend that much of this money this offseason and then go spend 300 million and get a really good young pitcher next offseason. Named Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah, you like you really want to go get Shohei, and but Shohei, I, don't know, I just think they're gonna. I, I don't be know a young how much, pitcher when he comes to the Mets. He'll be twenty-seven. Next year? Oh, I think I think he's going to be he's, more than. He's he's shocking. Okay, young. okay, that's right, the right. that's the thing. Is okay, that I didn't realize that he's he was twenty-five now. I, I then, uh, but yeah, that's let me, a, let me double check. Entirely possible, but I I think it's it's just hard because they don't have young pitchers in the minor leagues. No, I'm sorry, he'll be thirty. 
He'll be 30. Because he's 28 right now. I thought he was a little older. Um, yeah. Anyway, they don't have that. You know, there's no 23, 24-year-old stud pitchers, really, that, that have shown themselves in the Met organization right now for okay, a while. right. Right. No, that has not happened since DeGrom and, right. you know, since the, those got young kids came up in like 2015, 2016. You had those young and they really haven't had anybody since then. Now, granted, that's part because they could trade away the other pitching prospects that they had up until now because, you know, well, you had all these young pitchers and those guys aren't getting in anytime soon. So now you're having to deal with that. So I, I think for the Mets, the situation they're in is that you're going to have to get worse to get better because you're going to have to shuffle your assets around a little bit so you can rebuild that. Now, the good news is, is that you might, you're going to be able to get better before your window closes, but not before your window, probably for like this version of Jake closes. And and that's provided you get him back. So let's remember like Max gets 43, right? Lindor gets 34. So that's 77. Add in Jake at, 40 something right yeah so we were got, i was saying like three for 45 right okay that's 135 million and he probably would want four um in any event you're still talking about so you've got you're, you're committed to 120 million almost with three players and your overall payroll before luxury tax is like 260 260 right, million and you still have like other that. expensive like guys ha- on you're close to half on right. three guys so how do you how do you get better Dramatically, which is, I think, the problem that that was a thing. The max siding was an all in move for this season and it ended up not working out. But the team was really good. So it's hard to say that was fun to watch. Right. 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 So I I think you're going to then because otherwise you're going to have Beatty or Vientos eventually move in and take over for Escobar. Probably, you know, next season, you're going to have Alvarez come up and take the job either this season or next season. I think he's going to be on the roster. I really, I do. think he'll be on the roster too, to start the year. I, I don't know if there's, they don't really have any outfielders that are quite ready yet, but they don't really need. Well, them yet. they've got uh, Alex Ramirez, you know, who, but he's a, you know, was a single A player and moving right. Up they don't need the outfielders quite yet because they're 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 only potentially losing one outfielder. Well, they totally need an outfielder, by the way, and his right, name but, is but, Aaron Judge. <laughs> right? Yeah, but you you can't be like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to be able to sign Jake and then go well, sign Aaron Judge. He might that, be the first. That right, right. I guess you could look at an all-in move is signing Judge and 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 saying, okay, we're going to try it with him. Right. I, I guess if you told me, well, you you re-sign Judge. You sign Judge, and then you get everybody else back bar Nimmo, I guess, because you're signing Judge as a straight Nimmo replacement. Then, yeah, that team is better. But yeah, yeah. you're still going to be vulnerable in the exact same way that you're vulnerable this year, in that if Jake and Max aren't studs in the postseason – you're not going to win. And then that could probably be said for any team, but I, I agree right. with you. I, I agree with you. And I also think that it, it's it's a bit of a deal with the devil because what, what Steve Cohen and the Mets have said they want to do is they want to sort of dodgerify the organization. Right. So they want to, they want to create this culture of winning and, and like the Braves have as well in terms of bringing up players from the minor leagues or, and, or bringing in good players. You don't do that by mortgaging your future or going going all out on free agents this offseason. So to create that machine, as you have pointed out, I think you might have to take a couple of steps back in order to really get better. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take, but right now, I would say there's no reason to think the Braves won't be really good again next year, independent of what happens this, this season. And the same would be said true of the Dodgers. Like, right. you know, are, are they really going to drop off? You're going to have to do it again with these guys. 
mm-hmm. I think you're you're stuck competing with these teams for a while. So I think it's important that you focus on making sure you make moves to remain good in the long term and not just sell out trying to beat them this year or next year. We're going to have a hard time convincing other Med fans that, sorry, guys, be content with winning 90 games or 93 games and maybe getting a first round in the playoffs, but being clearly inferior to the other team, which they were not to the Padres this year. They were not clearly inferior, but clearly they weren't superior. Right. So clearly <laughs> cl- the, the whole idea that we're better than them on paper doesn't mean everything. So I, you know, nobody believed in the guardians at the beginning of this year and look where they are now. So I, I think it's, it's too easy to get fall in love with name value. And there are guys out there that are good players that we can sign and develop that might be more valuable than just spend, spend, spend because Steve Cohen is rich, right? Because he can. And, and, and and right, I think that's you know when you when you win the World Series, there's usually some sort of an overall team narrative that happened to your team. Um, the last year with the Braves bringing in these guys and having them go crazy, you know, you know these these guys they brought in from from outside into the organization, and and the way the Nationals caught fire late in the season in 2019, um, the Royals back in 2014 and then 15 winning the World Series with the little team that could. You you need you know when you have those special seasons, I mean, you could just be really you know powerful. Powerful like the Astros and the Dodgers, but those teams have only got one World Series win each, and, and some would. It's want not, to, it's not they, easy to win the World Series. It's you not know, easy. So right? you want to get you want to get there, get it, have a chance, and maybe your team catches fire and it all falls into place. Right, and that's why I think it's more important to build to make sure that you are because I think it's better in the long run to be a ninety-three win team like the Cardinals are year in and year out because if you're always in the playoffs, you always have a shot. If you only ever build to have those 110 win super teams, look, the Dodgers might be the first team to win like 108 games or whatever, three seasons in a row. And they might not have like a World Series in a non-COVID year to show for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that would be like, you know, well, it was great. That, but after a while, I wonder if your fans are going to like sour on that going. You could win 90 games, just win the darn World Series already. And, and the Dodgers Exactly. Just, they have and, won. And, and ultimately, winning the World Series is a lot of luck. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got to be a good team. You got to, you know, you got to. But be a but good it, team. it everything has to come together that year. It's right. really hard before the season to, to construct the roster in a way where you could be like, yeah, that's the roster that's going to win the World Series. And and you felt, you know, and look, I look, I I thought it was bold of you, you know, to 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 say I, I want because we I wanted them to win, of course, too. Yeah. I wanted them to win the World Series, and I could create a narrative in my own mind where this happened, like 2015 when they went to the World Series. When you think about how that went for the Mets. It was oh, yeah. remarkable how that and had they won that game against one in that series yep. against the Braves, the narrative would have been there this year for the Mets. Right. And when they didn't win that series, yeah, was that was what I end. knew. Yeah, yeah. It was the beginning was of the like, end. Oh no. Because in the year, as I said, in a year where they win the World Series, that's a series they do well in. Well, um, we don't mean to be too sober here, you know, fellow Met fans, and and we're still going to try and find a path to root them to win the World Series next year when we see what happens. But the offseason is going to obviously be interesting, and uh, I just, I personally just don't know that this is going to be fixed with a couple of this and a couple of that, and all of a sudden we're going to be, you know, compete with the Braves and the Dodgers to win, you know, the World Series next year. I don't know if that's going to happen right now. Yeah, but at the same time, you could just you if you you if you do sign re sign Jacob Degrom and you have Max Scherzer, it's hard to think that your team still won't be pretty good. So you're up for running it out there again, maybe, huh? Uh, with a little bit of taker in. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. 
Follow us on Twitter at Almost Hoop.